Welcome to Improper Mimi. This is your host, Mimi Jacks. I'm excited to talk to you all today about things that help to empower women in all aspects of our life, whether it's at home, at work, or play. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Hello, podcasters. This is your host, Mimi Jacks, and today I have a guest with us, Dr. Eugenia Griffin. Yes. And so, Eugenia, tell me a little more about yourself, what do you do, and why you love doing what you do. Well, I am a licensed clinical psychologist as well as a professor, mm-hmm. assistant professor on a tenure track. Um, I enjoy helping people help themselves, and early on, I realized I had a, a good ear for listening. Uh individuals will always come and share some of their more personal um, challenges with me. And when it was time for me to go to college, I actually did research and understanding who's the person who (laughs) listens to individuals' problems. Uh And I began to study the field of psychology, not realizing that at that time I would become Dr. Griffin. I just (laughs) knew I was going to go into the field of psychology and um at morgan state university i had professors one in particular dr earl walker who um talked to me about going to grad school Mm -hmm. and i went oh wow Mm -hmm. even early on talking to you putting that seed in your mind about grad school that you weren't just going to stop here that yeah we're going to continue on and just like you say, surprise, surprise, end up a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. And so even thinking about um, those people in your life that helped to encourage you and, and shape and form you to achieve the things that you've done, um, I'm thinking about mentors and mentorship. Uh, have you had mentors or, um, you know, sounds like definitely you've had mentors in order to get through this process anyway to get to where you are too. Absolutely. Um, I would say from high school, you have some of the more informal um, mentors. My guidance counselor who is who was um, very instrumental, my high school principal, both who are still in my life, you know, 20 years now, wow. 20 plus years and, mm-hmm. and are second moms to me. More formal, I would say, was when I started undergrad at Morgan State University, Dr. Earl Walker. He was my research advisor because I was on scholarship, the Minority Access to Research Careers Program, which basically guides undergraduate students into the biomedical research um, fields. So as a psych major, I studied physiological responsiveness as it relates to racial oppression mm-hmm. among college students. And Dr. Earl Walker, he encouraged me to not only get my undergraduate, it's very hard to get your undergraduate degree and, and do research in the biomedical sciences mm-hmm. um, as well as study psychology, but he planted that seed early on about Mm -hmm. going to grad school for research. I, you know, I struggle to even think about for myself who I had as a mentor. I I struggle to think of who 
I leaned on or who helped to guide me in school and and the decisions I, I made from switching from one major to the next major mm-hmm. um, and knowing how to um, apply for jobs or go to the you know student center um, so I could definitely see the importance, you know, of having a mentor um, in order to be successful in your your college career. Absolutely. Um, and even the high schoolers, because my daughter, you know, thank God for her mentors, because you know I leaned on my friends, I leaned on the engineers I knew. Uh, she had, you know, teachers. She had mentors. We had people from church, you know. So I was like, all right, everybody, you know, <laughs> this little teenager is not listening to me, but. She's going to listen to somebody, so right. I want everyone to talk to her, um, and, and it really worked out well, and even looking at her and some of her um, community activities and being involved in, in different um, you know, neighborhoods and nice. groups of friends and stuff like that. She was able to get mentors on her own. Nice. And I was like, okay, great. They can read over <laughs> your college essay, you know, like nice. this, is, this is good. This is what we need. So do you find like, you know, either students that you work with, um, how, how do you work with them? Do you mentor them or do you encourage them to find other mentors? Or? My college students, um, I always make myself available. One, to answer questions um, about course curriculum. Mm. However... When I start talking about my graduate school, well, undergrad and graduate school experience from studying psychology to my research to being an entrepreneur as well on the side, I always share with students that if that's something that they feel they could benefit from picking my brain, mm. then by all means, you know, reach out to me. I do have a set of students from 2010 to we're in 2020, so 10 years <laughs> uh-huh. um, that I met when I first started out as a adjunct professor and now um, a full-time academic assistant professor on a tenure track. And these young people, they've stayed connected to me. So I have one, two, three, approximately four who are pursuing mm-hmm. their doctorate right now. Um, and then I have one on the way she's in the process of interviewing for for doctoral programs Mm -hmm. and then you have those who are working towards uh, a master's degree so i would say at present i have about 15 mentees that are in different aspects of their educational goals and career goals and Mm -hmm. for the most part we do talk I would say monthly, mm-hmm. but at least once a year, I meet with all of them collectively uh, for dinner. And I like that because they're in different aspects of life and mm-hmm. it offers opportunity for students to share among one another and for them to stay connected to <laughs> me because you know schedules are so busy, it's sometimes hard to meet people once a month and stuff like that. But when you put yeah. everyone together, we spend at least two and a half hours and they're able to ask me anything that they want. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we talk about entrepreneurship, especially for women. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important Mm -hmm. that we don't just take all of our education and then 
position ourselves to work for someone else. I think that's a yeah. dangerous game. And for me as a black woman, I also feel like that positions you to be a modern day slave. So I'm definitely against um, that whole notion of go to school and just get a good job. I encourage my mentees in particular and my college students, you know, we have collective collective conversations or discussions sometime depending on what topics we cover. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I do tell them is to be mindful of putting all your eggs in someone else's basket. Yeah. So mentorship is super duper important for our people primarily because the generation that comes behind us, there's so many interests and mm-hmm. oftentimes they don't have people to say, Hey, how to, um, even for myself, even though I had Dr. Walker, I had Dr. Cheryl Armstead, who was my PhD mentor and like, a, a another mother to me over mm-hmm. the years, there are some things that they didn't do that I still had to figure out on my own. So now having have that information about taking your skill set and creating, say for instance, your own businesses, mm-hmm. nobody's going to really teach you that in your undergraduate studies, particularly if you're in the sciences. I don't know about other disciplines, you know, uh, business and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, what kind of content they cover in the class. But mentoring is, for me, is a cultural way of giving back to our community. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And that's one thing that I love about what I do when when I meet people and when I'm networking, you know, it's not just about um, what these people can do for me and for my job and my career, Mm -hmm. but I'm also looking at how I can connect them to somebody else and how it can help someone in my community or how I can help advance, um, you know, another sister, you know, another sister of color or another child, you know, who is going through school so that they have the tools to be successful. Absolutely. Um, Because a lot of times I think, you know, whether they're first generation going to college or whether it's, that's the path that you always take. Like your mother's gone to college, your grandmother's gone to college, you are going to go to college, you know? (laughs) Um, But it, it, it it definitely, I think gives people an outlet to Mm -hmm. talk and mm-hmm. to exercise their options. Absolutely. Um, because sometimes you don't even know what your options are, you know, and it may take a mentor to shed light on that's not the only path that Absolutely. you need to go on, that there's other streets, other roads, other avenues that can take you to be, um, to get you to the level that you want to be mm-hmm. at, either in your career or personally or for your um, setting up a business. Absolutely. Um so one thing, I know so many things I was thinking about as you were talking, because I have another girlfriend, we're going to do a, a podcast episode on, you know, black women PhDs and nice. like the support that they need in order to complete that and what drives people to, to continue and push through their education. Mm. Um, but then also, yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And then also even the type of mentors we have, mm-hmm. because there may not always be a black woman or, you know, for some people listening, a black man or um, someone who looks like you Absolutely. as a mentor. Um, so Actually, what do you think about, like, having mentors? Mentors who, across, 
yeah. ethnic groups. Yeah. I was about to say, Dr. Walker is a white man. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. one thing, Dr. Armstead is a black woman mm-hmm. um, at USC. And um, one thing I will say is you want to find a mentor who truly has compassion for you regardless of, mm-hmm. of where you come from or what you look like. Yes. And my mentees are not all black. Mm-hmm. And um, not that I purposefully seek black students, but to an extent I do mm-hmm. because there's a shortage of black doctors to actually encourage the next generation. But I definitely um, work with all students. All mm-hmm. of my mentees are not all women neither. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Walker was like a dad to me. Mm. Um, someone who took me under his wing and guided me as a student, not necessarily as a black woman, a black Mm -hmm. young lady, but as a student who he wanted to see further her education. Mm -hmm. Did we talk about cultural issues? Not necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, but he mentored me in a sense of guiding me to say, you don't necessarily want to stop here. I had another uh, mentor, I would say. Her name was Tracy Sabraco. I worked with her for a year after I got my undergraduate degree. Um, And I remember her telling me, she's a white woman, telling me, don't stop at your undergraduate degree. Yeah. And I remember her saying something to the effect, if you do, you'll always work for someone else. Wow. And the thought of that made me feel like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? No. Mm-mm. It just wasn't something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, with regard to being an academic, I have those mentors that I mentioned before. With regard to being a business owner, mm. I read for myself. Yeah, so you did your own research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't have anybody to tell me, well, you need to incorporate, you need to, you know, read the legal documentation, make sure you follow mm-hmm. the steps for the state. There are certain things like, you know, one thing that I, I, I find interesting is that people say, oh, I have a business, but there's a legal aspect of, of, of oh, yeah. incorporating and starting a business. And I think for us as people of color, we need to share those things, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and Maybe we're not sharing them because we didn't do it. But Mm -hmm. for myself, my businesses, my private practice, my uh, publication company to run my self-published books, they're Mm -hmm. all registered with the state. They're legal businesses that were incorporated for the state of New York. I did my documentations that, that the state suggests when you go on the state website and stuff like that. There's just some things that, as you grow in, in age and career and education, some people may not find mentors for everything because some people are not doing what you do. And some of your thoughts mm-hmm. are innovative. So nobody told me in, in, in undergrad nor grad school to get your PhD and then go ahead and start your private practice and you can also be an academic and balance mm-hmm. it all, write your own books, publish your own books. No, nobody shared that with me. It was just something right. that I said, hey, this is what I want to do. Let me read about it and um, figure it out.
According to um, a 2018 State of Women-Owned Business report, um, a number was given that women-owned businesses grew an impressive 58% from 2007 to 2018. Mm -hmm. And the number of firms that were owned by black women grew by a stunning 164%. So that's nearly three times the rate of just women-owned businesses. But when you look at black-owned businesses that were starting to create it's like three times as much you know and a lot of times you know maybe black women are are starting these companies out of necessity Mm -hmm. um whether it was discrimination at work or whether they need a side hustle or um whether they you know have problems with childcare and they need to be able to be home and you know start a business but knowing those tools and sharing those tools of how to make it a successful business how to properly document your company how to get your financials in order so you're not just making it but you're actually propelling Mm -hmm. in the things that you're doing yeah those are things that we could share with each other you know collectively you know with a mentor um whether it's you know a mentor that looks like you or not somebody and, and when i think of mentors i think of um i really think of someone who is in a position where i want to be Right. You know, like you, you've, you've, you know, someone who um, can help me to teach me to get to that level mm-hmm. or, or, and it doesn't even have to be someone higher above me. It could be a peer. That's true too. You know, like when you were speaking about the students and when you bring everybody together um, to dinner, there is really value in speaking to your peers Absolutely. and, you know, encouraging each other and, you know, you know, the students may be the same age or even mm-hmm. at work, you know, it may be another occupancy planner on my same level, but mm-hmm. they're in another industry or they have worked with other people or they can connect me with someone within their network that, you know, could help to advance my career as well. So um, really finding even those on the same level kind of mentors. I think I think that's important too. Um, one of the, if we talk about peers that, helped or mentored us I would Mm -hmm. have to say my late friend dear friend big sister Dr. Lakeisha Edwards Alisi unfortunately she passed away New Year's Eve however uh, Keisha was approximately three four years older than me and we all Mm -hmm. got our doctorate together um, from USC Mm -hmm. and one thing that I would say about her is she always shared information with her little sisters myself Mm -hmm. and um dr kenya johnson who's in atlanta and keisha was a one of the most smartest black women i ever met that's in my cohort and i Mm -hmm. i always admired her grind and just her like she had a lot of knowledge you know a Mm -hmm. lot of knowledge about running a private practice and um marketing and you know, putting yourself out there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if we talk about mentors and our peers, I would say that the three of us definitely, you know, supported each other and shared knowledge among uh, one another to where, you know, us three had successful and maintained successful private practice. Mm-hmm. And to go back to something that you said before, there are some of us that, need to start businesses out of necessity. Mm-hmm. But then I say that lightly, 
um, I'm going to say this lightly. I think each of us should have something of our own, mm-hmm. uh, especially as black people. Mm-hmm. I find when you look at it from a cultural perspective, our history in this country um, suggests that everything that we see, most of the inventions that we know historically were from our ancestors, majority right. of them. Yeah. And our Caucasian brothers and sisters from history in, in many ways to present have capitalized, capitalized off of our knowledge, off of our, um, off of our work. So for me, I'll go back to what I said before. I didn't necessarily start my business because I had a, a another or an additional financial need. I started my own because I refuse as a black woman, as yeah. a black doctor, um, to put all my eggs in any one basket mm-hmm. and allow mainstream society to capitalize off of me, but yet they will tell me what my annual salary should be. That's that's slavery. Yeah. And I refuse to live like that. I think that when you go as far as you can in your individual um, career pursuits, you should be able to carve out a piece for yourself, however that piece, however big that piece may be, mm-hmm. and capitalize off your own knowledge, off your own skills, and make things work for you. So entrepreneurship for us as a people, to me, is a necessary um should be a necessary goal. And one thing that I share with my mentees is that you want to position yourself to get all the knowledge that you can and now make it work for you. So even though you may work for someone else, it doesn't mean that that, that, that's going to be your all in all. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, most employment opportunities don't necessarily pay you enough as it relates to the increase of the cost of living as well as your your interest in owning not just your home but maybe properties being able to travel being able to you know just live life the way you want to mm-hmm. i would say this one last thing i remember years ago i, I think it was essence magazine they did like um an issue for women's month and i never forget reading this article and i share it with my mentees as well that women in particular women of color, it said something to this effect that oftentimes we'll struggle financially when we have our breakups or we lose a job. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons was that we rely heavily on others for financial support. So whether it's our mainstream employment opportunity or our spouse, Mm-hmm. And when either of those go, we have financial hardship. And what I think is dangerous is that that's a reality and can mm-hmm. be a reality even in 2020. So in 2012, when I, two years out of being licensed as a psychologist, I started writing mm-hmm. and I definitely considered, you know, going into private practice for myself. Essence Magazine said that each of us as black women should have some form of a lucrative side hustle. And when I read that, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Because if not, you really position yourself to be a slave. And I'm not, I'm not encouraging nor participating in that foolishness. (laughs) 
That is so true. I mean, and even looking at it from the point of view of you should always have more than one stream of income. Absolutely. Anything could happen at any time. Like you say, whether you're a slave to your corporate office Mm -hmm. or whether you are a stay-at-home mom and your husband's making the money, um, you should always have more than one source of income. Absolutely. I remember my grandmother told me, you know, always keep money in your sneaker in case you got to run out the door, you know? Mm, <laughs> and sense. whether it's, you know, whether you're leaving a dangerous situation or right. whether you're on a date and you need to make sure you get home right. on your own, you know, regardless. I feel like, and even as a single mom, mm-hmm. I always felt like I had to do whatever by any means necessary to provide for my family. Absolutely. So... You know, I pushed through my education, I worked, I worked hard, you know, kept, you know, going up the ladder. But then, you know, even my daughter saying, you know, like, we're on vacation. Why are you still looking at your phone? You know, so I'm like, true, true. I need to work smarter, not harder. Absolutely. You know, I need to not be such a workaholic that it's all going into um, the job because, God forbid, if anything happens to me one day, they're mm-hmm. going to replace me the next Absolutely. day. Absolutely. So I, I balance it much more after that based on the words of this child. But I balance mm-hmm. my, my life, my work a lot more after that where don't give your all, everything to your company. you got to have something for yourself Absolutely. and for your family. Um, and these entrepreneurship opportunities that we encourage people to go into, especially mm-hmm. black women... That's building to our legacy. Absolutely. That's something that we can feed and pass on to our kids. And, and whether it's property, whether you're in real estate, mm-hmm. or like you say, you have your printing company, whether it's you know the books that you write, or right. the um, speaking engagements, mm-hmm. or um, papers and research and stuff that you're doing, or whether it's people making earrings, you know, it's Absolutely. whatever you know, you're passionate about, whatever you're skilled at then that can be something that we can use to bring in another source of income, another um, another little side hustle there for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, I've been reading recently um, A Black Woman's History of the United States, mm. uh, and that's by Dana Ramey Berry and Kelly Nicole Gross. Um, and, it, and it kind of goes through this history of we've always been innovative. We've mm-hmm. always... Um, you know, even since the beginning of time when people were coming over, there were mutinies on slave ships. There were people who were trying to uh, position themselves to be in a better um, way of life, you know, you know, from slavery and then through, you know, the country building, Revolutionary War, and then as we get into um, the building of the country. and But people... We've always had to kind of make do for ourselves. That's true. Um, trying to do something to better yourself. Trying to you know bring in your own income in addition to one I, source. I, I think that that's super duper important. And mm-hmm. I think as women in our profession, anytime you come across young people, it's to me, it's our cultural and spiritual responsibility to mm-hmm. sow a seed into the next generation, regardless of age. Yeah. Um, or even encouraging our peers that, you know, explore what's of interest to you, but also think about how you can capitalize off of your own aspirations. Mm-hmm. So when I give talks about um, college prep and career prep, and you know share up out of my workbook 
Um, I think part of my conversation, not think, but part mm-hmm. of my conversation uh, to parents and young people is to remove this notion of telling people to go to school and get a good job because that's a slave mentality mm-hmm. and tell your youth to go to school, get all the knowledge that you can network. Therefore, even if you do have to work for other people, you come and um, set, you know, start something for yourself because like you said, you just mm-hmm. never know. This country has a lot of isms that, mm-hmm. that remain in 2020 and mm-hmm. even as an academic on a tenure bearing track, I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket. And why mm-hmm. should I? I just spent 12 years of my 11 or 12 years of my young adult years becoming a doctor. So mm-hmm. you mean to tell me I'm going to let the college tell me how much I should have every mm-hmm. year? Huh? <laughs> if they, I wish. <laughs> if they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, you're going to be safe here. You're secure no, here. Uh-uh. You know? <laughs> I don't trust that. Uh-huh. I do not trust that, especially not being a property owner, just not being an adult mm. who wants to live and travel and, you know, just do what I want to do. Yeah. I wish I would put all my eggs in one basket. I think that's the most <laughs> dangerous thing that you can do on uh-huh. this journey called life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here one day, gone the next, right. and then, and that's the other thing, you know that, you know, my daughter, she's twenty six. Oh, nice. Um, okay. My cousin, you know, her daughter's, you know, just about to turn twenty one. My another friend from high school, you know. So there's all, you know, she has a daughter too. So all these young women in my circle, when I learn something, when I go to, you know, like a financial uh, workshop on mm-hmm. how, you know, we should be, you know, budgeting and how mm-hmm. we should be investing in property and and how we need to position ourselves, you know, for that promotion or, you know. I share that with them. Absolutely. I'm like, I That's didn't good. learn this when I was in school. You know, you young ladies may not feel like you're in a position to make these decisions or that your life even, uh, that you're even making money, but the knowledge that you have before you make right. the money is important. Absolutely. You look at the basketball stars and everything and... You know, they used to make a lot. They still do make tons of money. They do. And not all of them are savvy with that money. And they right. blow right through it. Mm-hmm. You you know, because if you're going right from high school to professional, like and basketball playing, you never learned any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I want to be sure to arm them with knowledge on how to protect your money. The mindset that you don't just have to have one job. You don't just have to go into an office, you know, in a suit and tie that... Do what you're passionate about. Follow something that um, you create, you mm-hmm. know. And and I love these girls because they are so creative, nice. you know. And and um, whether it's you know learning a new language or mm-hmm. traveling abroad nice. or you know doing performances and arts and stuff, I I, I encourage it every chance I get nice. because. That is the stuff that you really want to build on because that is the stuff that no matter what happens at your nine to five, you can fall back on mm-hmm. and that's what you can, can help, you know, break you free of that like mentality that, that you are um, beholden or enslaved to like one organization. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one, one, something you said made me think about, um, as we talk about mentorship, being mindful to sow seeds regarding the need for financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's not necessarily passed down. I don't know about mm. other people experience. We don't talk about our money a lot. We don't, we don't talk mm-hmm. about, and it's not just about saving. 
Mm-hmm. It's about what brings about assets and investments. So even last mm-hmm. night, I was talking to one of my best friends. Um, she's in Atlanta, my dear sister. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing with her that we need to do better. You know, mm-hmm. you can make you can make a lot of money. But when you look at, say, for instance, savings accounts, you know, mm-hmm. because when we talk about businesses, typically business checking accounts don't make don't earn interest yeah so the money mm-hmm. the money is just sitting there and i was sharing with her i have money in my business account that's just sitting there and then i started kicking myself not literally but like kicking myself in the tail because it's like why didn't i move this and then invest this chunk mm-hmm. to watch it grow so when we talk about mentoring, financial literacy needs to be a conversation too because mm-hmm. the generation that comes behind us, um, they need to know the differences or different types of investments. Another article that I shared with them was, I think the New York Times put it out, the, the top 20 companies to invest in from Apple mm-hmm. to Amazon, Microsoft. And who's talking about that? To our youth. Yeah. Right. So you mm-hmm. get money for Christmas. Why can't you ask your parent to say, you know, can we take this $50 or this $100 that I received and put it in? Can I buy a stock? Yeah. When, I, when to me that that's, that's mentoring too, but nobody's mm-hmm. necessarily, and I can't say nobody cause I don't know everybody, but yeah. we need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. So even among my peers, my sisters, you know, I share that with them. And I also share that with my family. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, shoot, we need to start investing in some <laughs> stock and, and watching our money grow because these mm-hmm. savings accounts are not doing anything. Yeah. And even something as simple as money in a savings account, take a look at that percentage that it's earning of interest. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of online um, banks and other things that have a higher percentage. Right. So even if you do nothing, and mm-hmm. even if you are extra, you know, risk averse, you can put your money at least in a place that you get the highest return right. on it, even if you do nothing else. I do also want to touch on um, the books that you have written okay. because you have, and like you say, this is another source of income, another mm-hmm. stream that where you all those years of learning and networking mm-hmm. and um, being able to wrap it up and to be able to share it like in another avenue. So not just one-on-one in your private practice, not just yeah. in a classroom, right. but what drove you to actually, and what are the books? Yeah, Tell us oh, the names of the books absolutely. and then what they're about and then also how you started or why you, why you started to write them. Okay, so I started speaking you know, it's mm-hmm. one thing to be invited to a conference to talk mm-hmm. and you talk about your research, but then there will be cultural events where, say for instance, Black History Month, Martin Luther mm-hmm. King Day, where people who knew I was in grad school at the time would um, ask me to come and speak, give a word either to the youth or just to the, the, the wider audience. Mm-hmm. And by 2012, I had written 18 different speeches. Oh, mm-hmm. and this fella, when I was oh, doing my um, residency in Johnstown, PA, this fella came up to me and said, oh, can I have a copy of your speech? Because I want to compile a whole bunch of speeches into a book. <laughs> so then I looked at him uh-huh. 
But then I thought about it. I said, that's a smart idea. But no, uh-huh. you can't have my speech. Yeah. But what I did in um, 2011, by that time I was finished school. Mm-hmm. I did my residency. I got licensed in 2010 to practice. Yeah. I said, I need to do my own book. I have here, I got 18 speeches. Why would I, you know, why am I just sitting on it? So what I did, I contracted an editor. I incorporated Mm. my publication company is creating change publishing LLC. I did everything that they, they said, your documentation, Mm -hmm. you know, right down to where you have to run, um, an ad in specific newspapers. And people don't know that you have to show the state that you did that. It has to run for six weeks before you can actually consider yourself a legal business in LLC with the Mm -hmm. state of New York. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I opened up a business account. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you get your EIN, everybody feels, Oh, I'm gonna get me an EIN. I'm gonna get a name, get an EIN. I'm a business is that's not, that's the first step. Yeah. You know, but if you want to be a legal business, but also protect your assets, so when you incorporate, one of the, the, the smart things to do is to incorporate, give your company a name that way, say for instance, somebody wants to sue you because maybe mm-hmm. they didn't like what I wrote in my book. They sue my publication company, not me. Okay. So I'm protecting yeah. my home. I'm protecting mm-hmm. whatever's in my personal accounts and they just have to deal with creating change publishing. Right. Mm-hmm. So letters to the black community, it, it talks about. It's organized um, based on different different topics I was able to speak about the impact of racial oppression on the psyche and motivations of blacks as a community, but then it's broken into black men, black women, and then our black youth. Mm-hmm. And then each piece offers solutions to help us to get back to our communal energies and our rightful place as the kings and queens that we are in this country. Mm-hmm. So that came out in 2012 and then i released the steps i took which is a interactive workbook for high school and college students and it talks about how to navigate the academic system to reach your specific goals and pointing out in particular young people need to be mindful of how their personality is correlated to mm. say for instance career interests and all of them are released in February as a way of honoring the ancestors to nice. say, look at the work I'm doing to sow a seed into our communities. Something as simple as identifying your personality um, and how it correlates to your field of interest. The book talks about seeking mentorship, volunteering, mm. um, giving back once you make it, but also being mindful of timelines. You know, yeah. there's specific deadlines that you have to meet. Like say, for instance, most um, applications for scholarships are due like between March and April mm-hmm. for the next academic year, things like that. And and teaching young people where to um, find those, those, those scholarships or how to search for scholarships is in the workbook. And then 2018, I restructured um, letters to the black community and made it Mm -hmm. an ebook because one thing as a business owner, you always want to keep in mind the era in which we live. Mm -hmm. People are very tech savvy. 
So there's some people who love the hard copy. Will I ever transfer um, this, the, the steps I took into a, a work, um, an online book? I doubt that very likely just because I think students need to be able to write in a book. Yeah. But as far as Letters to the Black Community, it is um, an ebook as of 2018. The other thing that Creating Change uh, Publishing has done, we I bought 10 ISBNs. So I own my own ISBNs. I bought mm -hmm. them with the intent. And that what are the, those? What are the ISBNs? Oh, the... Um, it's like the back. The, I, I the barcodes bar yeah. in the back of the book. Mm -hmm. You can either pay a company to get it for you but if i'm gonna run my own publication company i bought a set for myself yeah believe in a creator of this universe that he will give me um 10 books at minimum to write throughout my lifetime yeah right and mm -hmm. to again capitalize off my own that's right that forward thinking and planning ahead that's why i like that so you already have those isbns so that mm -hmm. you know that's another part of taking control of Absolutely. you know your future and your destiny and um, not waiting or depending on anyone else, but you have those and you can put those out when you're ready. When I'm ready. Part of being a business owner is realizing and learning. Mm -hmm. um, but Amazon sells the books and then the books are also sold through my company website. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 um, it's a lot, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, in, in all aspects, I'm in control of what's going on, but I'm also reaping the benefits of my grind and hustle. Yeah. Anything else that you can think of or, or recommend when it comes to, um, I love this, this thought of making our, com our communities uh, self-sufficient and sustainable. Um, so whether that's having your own business, your own company, or really tapping into mentors around you. Um, and we didn't even touch on sponsors, but people who have your back when you're not even in the room. But, but these are things that um, really that we want to surround ourselves with mm -hmm. and, and to foster that thought and that um, process in the minds of our children, the minds of our siblings, mm -hmm. the minds of our friends, you know, everyone around us that we care about in our communities. Yeah. One other thing that I would say, well, two that mm -hmm. come to mind is, um, three now, <laughs> um, from a business perspective, when you are an entrepreneur, make sure you pay your taxes, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, you, you, you finagle things and, yeah. you know, but submit something, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's extremely important when you look at those people who are icons and you hear about them in the news for tax fraud or they didn't pay their taxes like mm -hmm. you can make a lot of money um doing your own thing but you want to be responsible and appropriate yeah you know the other thing that i wanted to say is humility goes a long way mm -hmm. regardless of how far you climb up the ladder you want to be mindful to stay humble don't get your head so big because just as quick as you got success, some something can happen and make you fall and right, have to start all over. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I was thinking too, throughout my journey, I would hear 
oftentimes all some of the things that I, I you can't do that you can't mm-hmm. do this you can't do this so I say that to say surround yourself with those people who are like-minded as well as those people who encourage you mm-hmm. and one thing I appreciate about my best friends um my best friend Adrian she's been in my life since I'm 11 years old wow. so yeah. 29 years of friendship now mm-hmm. And from high school, my college years to grad school to where I am now, she was one of those people more than anyone else that every time I share something, it was always, I'm so proud of you. You Mm -hmm. can do it. Mm -hmm. Try, you know? And then when Keisha and Kenya came into my life as well as Macy, Macy, you know, my, my, those are my four closest friends um, it was always encouraging is it, it was never, you can't do that. Or why you want to do that? You know, mm-hmm. those dream killers. And, and sometimes people say that impulsively and not really understand how that taxes a person's, um, ambitions and motivations. Because mm-hmm. when you step out as an entrepreneur, regardless of your product, you're pick, putting yourself out there for criticism. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you Everyone wanna, has an idea. Right. Mm-hmm. So you want to be mindful of wearing your your feelings on your sleeve. Mm-hmm. You want to be mindful of all those things. But more importantly, you want to have a support system that continues to rock with you and tell you the truth, mm-hmm. particularly if you're doing something positive that, hey, you know, won't you consider this way or consider that way versus like degrading you and making you feel less than for whatever it is that you're you're aiming to consider so definitely be mindful of who who you allow in your ear yes that is that is really good advice yeah and maybe one last parting question i would have would be how do we find those people if if somebody already doesn't have you know like um you know their their circle of friends if they don't already have um, a mentor that they look up to at their job who is able to spend time with them, how do people find, how do they find a mentor? That, that's a good question. One of the things I tell my college students is read articles or read mm. um, read about your industry. Like I said before, my research track has to deal with racism and its impact on mm. our communities. So if I want people who study uh, racism and coping or racism and its impact on our lives, then to me, I need to read about those people who are doing it. And then when you do that, I encourage my students to reach out to them via email and just begin to, you know, I read your paper and is it possible I can talk to you about your experience as to how you got to being able to to write this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like say for instance, I have people reach out to me via Instagram you know, mm-hmm. social media is a platform. Sometimes your hashtags make people say, oh, you know, that was an interesting post. Yeah. I had a young sister reach out to me about going to grad school and pursuing her PhD. Mm-hmm. We live in an era where social media is so big, like search, search on social media. The yeah. other thing that I tell my college students to do is look at the professional organizations in different disciplines That's true. because you can reach out to people that way. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll say to our, your professional listeners is, again, stay humble, 
don't minimize the opportunity to sow seeds into the generation that comes behind but comes behind you when people reach out to you and mm-hmm. want to ask you questions and stuff like that i think it's so important that we take time and make time to to share even if it's a 15 minute or 10 minute conversation with someone yeah, yeah. That's so true. And that even reminds me, yeah, as a professional, I've done that very same thing. Like I've read an article on LinkedIn and it was pertinent to my career, which is kind of like a little niche. So this guy had written an article. I reached out to him. I'm like, I really did enjoy your article because it really touched on what we do. And, you know, it kind of spoke to me. And I was encouraged also because it was a brother who wrote the article. And most people in my field are old white men. So I reached out to him and... And I said, oh, is it possible that we could talk just to have a chat, you know? Um, And we did. And the same, you know, at conferences. So like those professional organizations, the people on the panel. A mentor doesn't have to be someone that you you speak with every third Thursday of the month. It could be someone you talk to once in a while. Or it could be someone who um, points you in the direction of someone who they think would be a good mentor for you. That's true, too. Um, So, yeah. these These are great tools. These are great things that people can use to... To get a mentor, to start thinking about, you know, starting your own business, um, reaching out to other people to help guide you along the way, Absolutely. you know, to having your own company. Having these circle of friends, having a mentor, um, having another source of income to fall back on. Mm-hmm. These are things that I think really can can help, you know, strengthen us. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Well, thank you. I just want to uh, thank you for encouraging us, for sharing your story and some of your words of advice as well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, anytime. Thank you for listening to Improper Mimi, where we talk about empowering women at home, work, or play. Be sure to follow Improper Mimi wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Our next episode will be with Naisha Deed, founder of Pure Spark. She is an advocate for mental wellness and self-love. I look forward to chatting with her then, and I hope you will join us as well. Thanks. Ciao.